Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello folks and welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. As always, the three musketeers have assembled, Mr. Phil Jesson, Mr. Graham Jones and I am Simon Hazeldean. And in this episode, we are talking about how do you handle the first five minutes of your first visit to a new prospective customer important those first five minutes to lay the foundations for hopefully what will follow will be a a successful meeting so we've got i think we seven sort of tips seven areas for you to have a think about and i'll kick off um first thing is to stand up in the customer's foyer stand up in the customer's lobby while you're waiting to meet them a couple of reasons for that um one is when the customer comes in to see you for the first time you're kind of eye level with them and you're standing on a sort of an equal footing and also it keeps your energy level nice and high because if you're sitting in a nice comfortable seat you know the energy level drops down but if you're standing up you're nice and fresh and the energy level is is good and high and you're ready to go in and also if you're holding your bag in your hand a little extra tip put it in your left hand so that there's no perspiration slight perspiration can come from the back handle when you shake you shake the hand for the first time it's uh, nice and firm and um, feels feels really good I think off to a first start I think if you're stood up uh, the chances are that you're wandering around Absolutely. in the reception area and you're more likely to see on the wall things like an organisation chart or who's who or sort of brochure type pictures Absolutely. on the wall. Uh, you might even wander over and talk to the person behind the reception desk and ask a couple of questions here and there. So you're more likely to do that if you are on your feet. Absolutely. But you also look more professional because yeah. if you're sat down and often reception chairs are low down mm. and you're kind of in a little crumpled heap and yeah. to the person who's visiting you, coming to get you, you look kind of not the part. Yeah. So just standing up ensures that you look the part. And lots of receptions will have very nice copies of the daily newspaper for you and so on and so forth. Well, reading the newspaper is probably not going to help you to sell anything. No. Um, so have a good look around. Sometimes they have the copies of their internal magazine, which I always get a copy of and have a... Or have trade a magazines. Through, or trade magazines. Just find out kind of find out something that's useful don't don't waste that time in the in the foyer you're not waiting to see the customer you are starting the whole sales process so graham over to you for tip number two well, whilst you're standing up you've got to have a smile on your face and you've got to greet your customer with a smile and there are several reasons why this helps it helps you because it will make sure that you start to feel much more positive about it this is your first meeting with the client you're likely to be a little bit nervous and so all those kind of negative emotions are going to kick in if you're smiling we know that smiles increase all the endorphins and all the relevant chemicals in your body that makes you start to feel positive but it's only going to work if it's a real smile because your body 
can detect, as can the person about to meet you, if it's a false smile, if it's a pretend smile. So if you're standing there with a grin on your face, but it's not a real smile, they know you're putting it on, and you know you're putting it on. So a good tip for this is to do what actors do. So actors, if they've got to be on stage and they've got to smile at something in the play that they're doing, then what they will do is they will not put on a false smile because the audience will know they're grinning inanely, So what they do is, in their head, they picture something that they've been involved in themselves that made them smile. So what you do is, whilst you're in reception, you're standing there, and you're thinking of something in your personal life that made you smile in real life, and you will naturally smile. And the, the interesting, from a neuroscience point of view, the more primitive regions of the brain they're very old-fashioned, you know, they're very primitive yeah. in nature. And meeting a stranger for the first time is uncomfortable and yeah. slightly threatening. Yeah. So what is the most non-threatening thing you can ever do is to, is to smile with a customer. So I know it sounds really smiling. Is that all it is? Yes. Yeah. You know, I the number of times when I'm doing consultancy work, I'm out with salespeople, and they look like they're about, maybe it's because I'm with them, I don't know. They look like they're going to have the most miserable day of their life. I said to one, I said to one, guy I said do you, do you like selling what you're selling he said yeah I love it I said well tell your face because you look as miserable as miserable as anything you know and this is this first few seconds of making a making a positive but also you're right it's about the the, the fear factor the yeah. threat factor because the person you're visiting they know that you're about to attempt to take money away from them yes yeah yes. so that's a threat they they want to maintain their budgets they don't want to overspend it's all a big problem for them so actually, if you're smiling, you're removing, reducing the impact of that problem on them. And, and therefore, they're more likely to spend. Just basic, basic stuff. But how often do you see the yep. basic stuff not being yep. done? So, Mr. Jesson, tip yes. number three. Uh, tip number three is that sometimes I think uh, when uh, we think about uh, a first visit to a new prospect, it's very easy to imagine a call a 30 minutes a 45 minutes that might be quite difficult or there might be some resistance or objections popping up here and there but we should not forget that the prospect has agreed to see us so why was that and the question that I would ask is there must be something in the back of the prospect's mind some little spark that's occurred to prompt that person to agree to see the salesperson. So uh, I would encourage our listeners, our viewers today, to uh, get a little bit curious about that. And either uh, on the walk up to the customer, the prospect's office, or uh, in the opening minutes of the questioning process, which we're going to talk about later, just to get a little bit curious about that. And if needs be, to actually ask the formal question, um, what was the reason why you agreed to see me today? Or what was the area of interest that sparked for you when we spoke on the phone the other day. The chances are that that prospect is going to put a big signpost up in front of us and say, well, I'm interested in this as opposed to that and that uh, in the early stages of a first visit to somebody we've never met before has got to be good news. I mean, it's a good point because you might be assuming something else and assumptions are very dangerous thing very very dangerous thing to see you you could get some really high gain value out of that question they might say because I'm very dissatisfied with my current supplier absolutely well there you go now you've got an invitation to start start drilling down so you know they may you don't know the reason they agreed to see you I saw on your website the other day X or I came across your company
of years ago. I just want to see whether you've improved since the last fiasco. Yeah. Well, that tells us something, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah. And that would be a very interesting piece of intelligence yeah. at a very early stage. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd, I'd say for, for sort of tip number four, for me, is you, you need to have a very, very clear outcome for the meeting. And, you know, you need to have established that. And you also need to have an outcome, I think, for the first five minutes as well. So you need to know what you want to achieve before those first five minutes happen. Because sometimes with a busy buyer, those first five minutes buys you the next five minutes, which mm. buys you the buys you the next five minutes. Yeah. But also, what's the next step you want to get out of this meeting? Yeah. You need to have that in mind before you even start. So is the next step you agree to meet again? Is the mm. next step you agree to carry on talking? Is the next step they introduce you to the procurement manager? Mm. So what is that? And having a very, very clear goal. Because I as I'm sure you have as a, as a sales manager, have spent a lot of time coaching salespeople, so why are we here? And sometimes the, the oh, we're just gonna check everything's okay. All right, okay, that's good, but how will you know what's gonna happen? Yeah. So I think having a clear purpose yeah. will mean your first five minutes is purpose-driven, yeah. not aimless. Or even a plan B on that yeah, purpose. absolutely. What, what is the main objective? And if it appears that we're not gonna be able to achieve that, what's the backup objective yeah. or the secondary objective or as some people call it the retreat objective yeah i mean first one is you know maybe you, you, yeah, i'm going to close a sale okay but that may not be realistic yeah. on the first meeting in some industries in many industries it's not realistic yeah but even if it is you may want to have a plan b okay if i don't get the order what what's the plan b absolutely to another person so we're now uh tip number five phil me again right um we're in a question-led process i would suggest in the early stages of the call so one of the things that i think is a tip uh, from me would be to be very very clear in advance during the preparation stage about the open-ended questions that we want to ask and also in what order we intend to ask them mm. it's not a script but it's a menu of possibilities for us to go down so I'm sort of talking about questions like for example how much do you know about us you'd ask that of the prospect rather than boring the prospect with a lengthy introduction only to find that they know all of it mm. how much do you know I've about been to your us? website probably <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly so how much do you know about us is a good safe question as in you know could you give me some background about your company what exactly do you sell how do you sell it what's the structure of the business and so on and, and also early on in the running order of the questions uh, i would suggest there needs to be a question about the decision making process and as we've covered on some of our other episodes there are many different ways of asking about yeah. that but we'll just pick one of them uh, if the question is who apart from yourself fred is also involved in the decision to use us if that character if the prospect then turned around and says well I'd also need to involve Sheila for all we know she might be in the next office yes and there might be an opportunity to involve her in that another question finally I would suggest in that running order early on um, is let's assume our prospect is using somebody else one of our competitors uh, can we knock the competitor no uh, can the prospect knock the competitor yes yeah so the question we need is how do you feel about the service that you're getting at the moment and where do you feel that could be improved yeah or marks out of 10 how many would you give the current supplier fine so what will we need to do to score 10 those types of questions are 
I think, where we need to go. But knowing those in advance and probably having them written down on a notepad that's slightly off the desk, you might yeah. say, yeah. Uh, just as a little prompt, maybe the questions on the left, notepad on the right, that type of invisible prompt to help us yeah. along. Yeah, and I think until you've until you've absolutely got this, you know, totally memorised as a process. Yeah. I think having the notes is a really, 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 yeah. really important thing to do because it's just a little check. You know, sales meetings can go, you know, in a variety of different ways, and you can sometimes if sure. you don't have a little prompt, you come out with a missing yeah. with a missing piece of information. A question I also um, in, in in terms of understanding the customers more about the customers' business. As Graham said, they've probably looked at your website. I would normally say. I have uh, taken a look at your website and I noticed, and then I can ask a question yeah. about, could you tell me... And that's complimentary and flattering yeah. in itself, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. also have a look at their website because normally you find something really yeah. useful on there. So yeah. I know it's basic stuff. In terms of the questions, also look at their LinkedIn profiles and yeah. their social media activity and ask them a personal question mm. because you want to establish not a relationship with the business but a relationship with the people that you're dealing yeah. with. Mm. So, you know, if they've said that they're a fan of Arsenal and I know no idea why anybody would be but you know if they've said that you can talk to them about you've just got an alienated a percentage of look, they're looking at you now <laughs> I can just imagine if we just didn't know that 99% of sales chat show listeners were Arsenal supporters I know well and we just now find yeah, out the alienated the lot just plummet yeah. through the but through you know the, what I mean yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something personal to talk about yeah. you're going to find from Maybe when you talk to the, re the person at reception, when you, you're checking in, uh, maybe from their LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Something that you can ask a question about that's about them rather mm. than about the business because that will help cement that relationship that you need to build. A little additional tip is be extremely nice, professional and pleasant with the receptionist as well. Yeah. So all uh, the security guards because yeah. they've got the keys to the magic kingdom. Yeah. So don't, uh, never overlook them. Never I, th overlook. I think the research stuff, whether it be the personal information on LinkedIn or whether it be the company website, I think that is a lot more important now. To be honest, 10 years ago, I think many salespeople, including us, could have probably played it by ear mm. during the first uh, you know, 30 minutes yeah. of that call. You can't do that now because yeah. the expectation, of course, that yes. the prospect has is that we know stuff. Yeah. We've bothered to do our research yeah. maybe in a way that wasn't the case some 10 Quite. years ago. Yeah. A lot of buyers a shorter time now, particularly B2B, yeah. but public sector as well, under a lot of pressure, government, etc. Yeah. They haven't got time. I've got time to waste a lot of them in, in long meetings. They need to be they need to be kind of short, short and sharp. Make yeah. sure you're gonna have, so Graham, tip number six. Tip number six is to make sure that when you're asking these questions, you listen to the answers that you're given. Pardon? So <laughs> sorry, did I say something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here all week, folks. <laughs> so but uh, an interesting study that shows that people don't listen was done a few years ago about the weather uh, on television and how the weather was presented. And they got several people who were told, so they were primed to listen to the weather because they were told, we're going to phone you immediately. So a thousand people all over the country were phoned simultaneously immediately after the weather was presented on TV. And they were told prior to this study that they would have to repeat what the weather forecast was to the person on the phone. So they were primed to listen to the weather forecast. So a random weather forecast was chosen, they watch the weather forecast, they then get a phone call and they have to repeat the weather to them. And almost everybody got the weather wrong, 
But what they did tell the interviewers on the telephone was they, they didn't like the brightness of the red dress that the weather forecaster was wearing. So they remembered the visual, but they didn't listen. Most Only about 20% of people actually got the weather forecast right, even though they'd been primed to listen. So it's an indication that we think we're listening, but we're not. Yes. And so we've got to actually actively listen much more. And a fantastic way of listening is to write. So that whatever you're being told, just write a note, write a word or two. Keep that, that notebook that's your Ooh. signal to help you prompt what you're going to ask about. Just make a note. A lot of people don't make notes. But actually what making notes tells us is that actually because you're having to make a note, you're having to listen yes. in order to write the right note. Mm. So actually writing notes is an effective way of listening. Because I think the average salesperson thinks that listening is something you do while you're waiting to say something else. You've you know, already got old, in your mind what you're going to say next. An yeah. cheek comment yeah. about salespeople. Yeah. You're listening to understand, not listening to respond. Yeah. I think this is the critical distinction. And you've got to concentrate and focus. Yeah. And the research from, I think it was some, some research done into selling to senior executives. How do you establish credibility? You listen first before proposing a solution. That sounds pretty basic. Yeah. That's what senior executives said. That's how you get credibility, which I'm guessing says they've also experienced lots of salespeople who weren't mm. doing it. Yeah. I, th I think for people um, who would accept and understand that they're not good listeners, uh, one technique that will improve their listening skills is to summarise regularly during yes. the course yes. of the meeting. So that very simple, so what you're saying, Fred, is blah de blah de blah um, That little technique will force them yeah. to sharpen their listening skills because right. they won't want to hear that they've summarised incorrectly. Mm. Yeah. It's just a little tool, yeah, a little quite. discipline that yeah. will sharpen what yeah. Graham's been talking about. Yeah, it's a very powerful, very powerful principle in selling and also in negotiating is summarising as well to make sure you, you have have the right understanding. But yes, it's a real, really, really critical, critical behaviour. And I think the, the last one, the seventh tip's coming kind of back to me, is I think after five minutes, I'd want to just, in the back of my mind, just calculate who's been doing the most talking and who's been doing the most listening. And whether it's 75, 80%, 85%, something like that, 80, 20, whatever it is, the majority of the speaking and talking should be being done by the customer yeah. at this stage. If you're in five minutes in and you realize you're dominating the conversation, you're probably setting a pattern that's going to repeat itself through the meeting. A customer's not going to not going to like Quite. it. So what's the what's the listening talking balance? five minutes five minutes in do you have a recommendation on that for people listening it, it's absolutely 75 75% 25% 80% 20% it's something of that magnitude the majority of it I think needs to be the customer occasionally a customer may say early ask you a question in the first five minutes so that might be going to put the as you respond to that question but yeah. I think answer it as briefly as possible and flip over flip back over to the customer yeah, I once did a joint visit with a sales executive who said nothing more in the opening minutes than my name is, I am from, that's enough about me, let's talk about you. Yeah. And that was the only thing yeah. he did in the talking sense for 45 minutes. All of the other time was questions to make up his percentage. Yes. Yes. It's a bit like people who go dating. 
Yeah, I, I know nothing about that, but uh, all I do know is the research on it shows us that the, the person who gets the date is the person who does the least talking. Yes. So when somebody comes along and talks all about themselves because they're trying to impress their date, actually the date is not impressed. They go, oh, blimey, he talks about himself all the time. Yeah. Whereas if they just ask questions and listen and respond accurately to the, the answers that they're given, actually the person knows very little about them but they get the date because they've spent most of the time allowing the other person to talk. And I think it, one response to, say, that question, you know, the customer may say, so tell me about your organisation. You may want to give a little brief little brief snapshot, maybe, or you could say, hey, Mr or Mrs Customer, I could probably talk about our company for the next three hours, but I don't really know which bits are going to be of interest to you, so I'd rather understand your situation, yeah. and then I can tell you something that's going to be relevant and beneficial, mm. beneficial to you. I mean, it's not, you know, they're not saying you're refusing to answer their question. It's just... You, you need to be going for gold. You're digging for gold, and yep. the gold is in the customer's questions. Uh, so the answer to the questions yep. that, that you that you ask. Very true. So, so fantastic. So those are some uh, little tips there, folks, for you handling the first five minutes of your first visit to a new prospective customer. Those first five minutes buy you the next five minutes and buy you the rest of the call, so on and so forth. And they also set you apart, I think, if they're done well, set you apart from the the average salespeople who are probably pitching mm. or yeah. starting their pitch in the first first five minutes. No premature pitching, definitely. A and when, uh, when the cameras are off, we better make a few more inquiries about these dating sites. I think, I think we should do, yeah, and where he's done his research. But we won't, we won't share that publicly. Uh, well, no, probably. Um, well, we could turn one camera off, but have the Keep other. On, yeah, we'll, see, we'll see where we go. Mr. Jones okay. now shifting uncomfortably in his oh, seat, dear. for those of you who are not seeing this on, <laughs> on the video. So it's been Mr. Graham Jones, the uh, dating guru, uh, Mr. <laughs> Phil Jessen, and I'm Simon Hilsdien, saleschatshow.com. Lots and lots of other episodes, folks, if you want to go to saleschatshow.com. Whole ton of free episodes for you to download. We just want to wish you uh, good luck and good selling. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 